Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Hello, welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Treg Wilson. Blaine is kind of here, but he has like a speaking problem, which is a good thing for the rest of us. So uh, he won't really be joining Shut us. Up. <laughs> Shut up. Matt's, Matt's still with his family in Moncton for Christmas, but I am joined by Joey Danzi. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks. Uh, he is the uh, Hockey Writers Florida uh, representative. He writes for the Florida Panthers. Uh, we thank you for uh, giving us your unprotected uh, top 10 pick that we're going to get from you guys. And uh, we're, <laughs> we're going to discuss uh, the upcoming game against Florida and the draft and everything that's going on in Florida and all that kind of jazz. So, Joey, what the hell's happening down there in Florida? Your guess is as good as mine. Um, <laughs> I think the, the the team just doesn't want to play for the coach. Um, you, you can see the way they've just been going through things. Also, injuries have just piled up left, right, and sideways for the team. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, the Matthew Kachuk trade was bad. I think it was very good for the team. But you can just see just the overall composition. It's just, it's just, it's just not coming together. I don't know really what the issue is at heart, but I want to say it's coaching and obviously the injuries which has been piling up even before the season started. Now, do you think Florida is going to do anything to try to push for the playoffs? Or do you think they're – because, I mean, let, let's face it, there's not much really point in them tanking. They're not going to get the first pick or their first-round pick. Uh, but do you see them maybe going for a different – another first-round pick in a trade, maybe trading off some assets and, and going that way? It's kind of hard to say right now. Um, I know that they have a long – a lot of ground to catch up. I think they're nine points behind the last wild card spot. I think if they've somehow pull out like a, a crazy like point streak or winning streak between now and and now and the All Star break, I'll say yeah, they might go after something. But I want to say maybe I'm gonna say no, only because they have so many assets they want to still keep around. And the way I see it, they were probably seeing this as an off year anyway because they couldn't pay off. They want to try to keep around Claude Giroux, but he didn't want to. The, the money they were offering him was like, you know, like your like Blaine's kids' allowance or something. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think zero. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think they're just gonna go into the deadline and not really do too much. Maybe they might add a piece or two or try to look to just, um, maybe they could variously get a draft pick back. But I think they're just gonna 
step put and just wait till next year's free agency. Cause, yeah, because um, they go ahead. They go have ahead. the hardest schedule coming up of, of any team trying to make the playoffs right now. If you if you look at the overall composite of the schedule coming up, they they play the most playoff bound teams than I think anyone else fighting for that spot. Um, so yeah, they're in a tough situation to. It, it's hindsight because I know when they made that trade for Sherratt, you know, I mean, let's be honest a good GM would have looked at this year's draft and went, whoa, I'm protecting that pick. But then again, maybe they wouldn't have got who they wanted if they did protect him. Maybe that's part of the stipulation of the trade. I think the goal was literally just to just gun it for the playoffs because you because I think going into that postseason, they thought to themselves, we are not going to have a, a roster as good as this for a very long time, so let's just go for it. I personally want to give – would look, I think Ben Sherratt's a very talented player, but he's not worth a first-round pick. I'm sorry. No. Uh, as a Habs fan, when we watched this, we knew he was going to get a first-round pick from someone because he's that playoff-type defenseman. Right. Um, however, judging by his overall play, he's not a first-round. I mean, he's really a fourth, fifth, sixth defenseman on, on a third. contending team. Yeah. Um, so we were happy with it. We knew it was coming because everyone talked about it forever. We just didn't know who was going to give it to us. Um, I guess the bonus for us was the unprotected pick. But then again, the hindsight. We weren't thinking Florida was going to play this badly this year. Um, so when we look at it, we're like, okay, we're going to get a somewhere between 20 and 26. Like we didn't, you know, coming from a, a Montreal perspective, we didn't think Florida was going to win the cup, right? But we didn't – we figured first, second round, you know, somewhere in the 20s we'd be drafting uh, – but now we're excited. Actually, I put a tweet out saying, bold prediction, you know, Florida, we're going to win the lottery with Florida's pick and finish seventh or eighth in the in the draft and get Bedard and Dvorsky. That's what I threw out there. But If they if they win the draft lottery, I swear to God. <laughs> um, um, I just got a question here from uh, Mr. Blaine. Um, yeah. Does Zito lose his job if the Panthers is in the playoffs? I'm going to say no. Because he's he still has a lot of the, the pieces he kept around, and they've they've shown uh, promise, and he's drafted really well um, with, you know, scoring huge on Anton Lundell, um, you know he he's tried to he, he easily opened up Florida's playoff window with the Matthew Kachuk trade, um, if he missed the playoffs two years in a row though, I think he might be looking out the door though. Going back to that Kachuk-Huberto uh, trade, mm-hmm. do you think it kind of disturbed the chemistry of Florida? Because Huberto's not playing as well in Calgary as he did in Florida either, and and that doesn't surprise me. I, I wasn't sure if he would or not. Like, I, Do you think Huberto's season last year was a one-off, or do you think it was just uh, – and, and the trade was made because they knew it was a one-off? Or like, Talk to me about what you saw the trade as being and the reason I... behind it. I, I there it's kind of hard to say. I want to say they were doing it to kind of like shake up the core and tell them, hey, you know, you what what's this, you know, BS with your first your second round sweep? We're gonna trade one of your guys and teach you guys a lesson. But at the same time, now before I say this, I'm gonna say this lot. I don't know how true this is, but I heard a rumor. It was from some radio guy in Tampa. I completely forget what his name is or what the radio station is, so I do apologize. 
But supposedly the night before game four, a bunch of the Panthers players were at um, some strip club in Ybor City. Which heard this story. <laughs> did hear this story, which, like I said, do not know how true this is, and there's no real source confirming it. But when you see all the pieces that were traded off in that in that in that deal, you start to think, you know what? Maybe there was something. <laughs> Maybe there was something, Blaine. Really. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I think it was just more to send a message because Barkov hasn't really had that great of a start either, and he's missing his line his line mate in uh, in Huberdeau. But at the same time, Barkov always has had a habit of starting slow but once he, he gets in gear there's there's no stopping him yeah so paul maurice you don't think the players like playing for the coach i don't he think he left so. winnipeg on some just kind of said hey, i don't want to coach here anymore and uh there are rumors that the uh the dressing room in winnipeg was a was a can is a cancer uh reason why people like line a and all that have got sent out because there's a little click in there that kind of runs everything. Uh, do you think uh, the same? So you mentioned earlier that you think the players don't want to play for Maurice. So you think uh, it's, it's, it's a coaching problem. You think Maurice will be there next year? Um, Unfortunately, in the grand scheme of things, he might still be around because they may have him stick around another year um, depending on what comes out with, with uh, Barry Trotz. I know he didn't want to coach this year. Um, but I think if Trotz didn't say he wanted to take a break, I think they would have gone after him. Um, he did, I will say this, Paul Maurice did fit the mold that the general manager and the, and the team was looking for in terms of hiring a, uh, playoff experience head coach. I just don't think I, at first I was very, very optimistic with him going into this team. Cause like, I, I thought to myself, you know, this guy has some experience. This guy knows what's like, you know, Maybe the whole Winnipeg thing was something completely different. Maybe it was it was tied with the the Kevy Ship. I, I, I'm so I apologize if I butcher this name. Chevy Day Off. Chevy Day Off. <laughs> we'll, we'll call him Chevy for short. Um, <laughs> uh, with that whole scandal, and I thought maybe that's why he left. But though, as the season slowly started progressing more and more and more, you can see them giving up big leads, um, not playing as hard by the third period, and I just and when you see some of the press conferences with Maurice, it just, it seems like he doesn't have faith in his team. Like he talked about how do we take, get this team to get to the next step. And the first thing he said, I think he said twice was get everyone healthy. What, what about all the young guys that are still fighting for a spot? What about all the young guys that are, you know, playing their part of my, excuse my French, part of their asses off, you know, just to, just to get somewhere. Are, 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 are they just a speck on the wall to you? Like, come on. Like, yeah. So I just – I think he's lost the room already. Um, at first I thought, okay, maybe this team could go to the playoffs. I don't see him getting out of the first round. But now I don't – we're lucky if we're even in, it, still fighting for it come this March. That's the way I see it. So missing a lot of your top players, Barkov, it looks like uh, Aaron Ekblad's not going to be playing. Uh, what's the team's approach to playing Montreal in this upcoming game? Just come out and just do the best you can. That's the way I see. It. I I they can. I think they can still give Montreal. I mean, with all due respect, we're both bottom feeder teams, but I think Florida may have a slight edge. Um, they still have a lot of talent just on that top six alone. I I think they can come in and you know, get get it get two points out of it. But at the same time, they also lost to some surprising teams this year, like Arizona and 
Columbus already. But I think the Jets are going to come out and just do what they can do best and hope there's still plenty of time to write the ship and they're probably going to go in with that mindset. As a matter of fact, I think Matthew Kachuk said somewhere that the playoffs started now for Florida. So they're obviously going this with the right mindset. Do they go with Bobrovsky or Spencer Knight if they want to make playoffs? With the way everything's going, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Nider. Because I mean, granted, Bobrovsky's been on a on a bit of a hot streak as of late, but I, I it, it's only a matter of time before Bob has that where he just lets in four or five goals and they're gonna try to go towards the young guy who's like I said, who's been having a phenomenal year, by the way. So this is in comparison. So Montreal's in a rebuild. And Montreal's playing above their expected, you know, coming into the season, except for us guys here at Habs Unfiltered, everyone said Montreal would be a bottom five team. We here at Habs Unfiltered have been adamant that we're not going to be a bottom five team. We're going to be a bottom 10 team. Not much of a difference, <laughs> but there is a difference, especially in this draft. There is a difference. Um, Florida was expected to make the playoffs and maybe push for second, third round, maybe. Right? Right. Different than the spectrum, but right now they're in the exact same spot. <laughs> As a matter <laughs> of fact, if the season ended now, I believe Montreal has the eighth and tenth draft picks, I believe, with the two picks. Um, if that correct, Blaine, I don't know. You can type it in. You don't have to use your old grandpa voice there. Um, yeah, so we have the eighth and tenth pick. Two teams going in two different directions, but kind of meeting in the middle. Um, Montreal knows the direction they're going. Does Florida know what they're doing in the future? Like, is this, like you said earlier, this is, I think they're just going to take this year as it goes. If they, if they plummet, they plummet. If they make the playoffs, make the playoffs. But say they plummet. Say they, you know, like I said, they have a tough schedule coming up. Say they win 10 games for the rest of the season. I'm just throwing numbers out there. Don't, uh, and they just plummet. Do they have a plan for next year? Um, I think so because the buyout of Keith Yandel officially comes off the books next year for Florida. Um, they're probably going to try to look at to look at freeing some cap space. Um, maybe make a trade probably this off season because I believe if you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this, I believe Austin Matthews is a free agent next year. Or is that year, year after? Year after, I think. Year it's after. Year. I think he has this year. He has next year's his last year in Toronto. Then he's Gosh. going to Arizona. So you can forget about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I think he's going to try to look at what's out there in free agency next season and try to see if he can build a similar team because he's going to have a lot more cap space to work with. Um, he, I think he might try to move. Um, he might move a big piece that might shock us. I think the next piece that might get moved is, as much as I hate to say it, because I, you know, watching the kid get drafted and watching Rookie of the Year, I think uh, I think Ekblad might be next on the block. He's just. He hasn't performed well um, this year. He's already been injured twice. And unfortunately, that injury history is is now finally starting to catch up with him. And I'm actually writing a piece about this right now as we speak. Um, I think now he's a shell of what he once was. And it's heartbreaking. But unfortunately, it's the truth. So I think if they try to get someone, if they try to free up that cap space, I think they're going to try to get some, uh, get some pieces in free agency and uh, try to make another run towards the playoffs. Do you think there's a chance with Spencer Knight playing as well as he did, they can get rid of Bob Rosky's contract? If they eat a portion of his salary, yes. But I'm gonna. But if they have to, or but if they have to eat a good chunk of it, I'm gonna say no. 
I'm going to say he sticks around for a while. Do you think they're going to they'd be happy with him being a $10 million backup? Absolutely not. You don't get paid $10 million in this league to be a backup. <laughs> and do you think that's the reason why he's getting this better, the more majority of the starts over Spencer Knight? I think so, because they're trying to push him to be the starter. And in, in, like we said before, he's getting paid $10 million, $10 yeah. million a year. There's, it'd be, it'd be, a, it'd make, I mean, it'd make the team a laughing stock more than they already are if they're having, paying $10 million for someone to sit on the bench. What has surprised you the most, besides them losing, but what has surprised you the most with the Florida team this year? Like what, uh, let's, okay, let's look at the, what surprising positive things coming out of Florida so far this year? We talked about all the negative, we talked about how they're, they're not, but what, what do you find is, is, is a positive out of Florida so far this year? Positive. Um, I'm surprised that um, one of our, actually two things. One of them is we picked up someone off the waiver wire. His name is Josh Mahura. And Zito is, or their scouting department, they just, when they get someone off the waiver wire, they just know this guy's going to be good for some reason. Just, and just, it just somehow works. They did with Gustav Forsling, and he's he's been playing very well as of late. But Josh Mahura, he's been playing well, great defensively, and he also provides a lot of um, offensive assistance. When he, on the blue line, and he's been he he's he's shocked the team. I think he, as a matter of fact, I think he leads the team in uh, rating. If I'm not mistaken, let me go ahead and check that real fast. Um, and I, this shouldn't come as a shock to me, but I'm also kind of surprised. Matthew Kachuk's performance in Florida. I think as of right now, he has more points than both Huberto and Uyghur combined for Calgary. So that that makes me feel really good about that trade so far. Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't think he's going to hit the hundred points again this year. He might. I have to look into it. But uh, he, he is. Uh, he's doing a lot better than the other two that went the other way. Uh, do you think Weger and, and Huberto was an overpay for Kachuk? A little bit. A little bit. I, they. They get. I understand that Matthew Kachuk is a very, very talented player, and he's very, very young. But I wrote an article about this, like ironically the day it got posted the trade happened um i said flat out as much as i would love kachuk to be here it would be a drastic overpayment they were going to want too much they were going to want a big prospect or a first round selection and i pretty much wrote the script for zito i assume because that's what they got rid of (laughs) and it did leave somewhat of a hole on the defensive side but at the same time kachuk brings something to this team that the team has been craving for a while um, it may be a little dirty to fans of other teams, but Kachuk has a bit of a gritty side that Florida has been craving for this year. They don't, they didn't really have it too much last year with the exception of Gudis and a little bit of Sherratt, but, um, they, they, like you have someone that's like willing to go, like go to the dirty areas. who's willing to, you know, get greasy and he's, and he's motivated. You didn't really see that too much in in years past for Florida. No one was really willing to step up like that. Yeah, Huberto and Kachuk are almost two different types of players. Oh, totally. Like, uh, Huberto's the rough and tumble. He'll score the goals any way he can, get the points, and Huberto's a, I'm going to set everybody up for glory and uh, sit back and collect my assists. Um, so, talk about the Montreal Florida game. What are you hoping to see from your team uh, against Montreal? Like, essentially, Montreal, win or lose, as fans, we're like, okay, whatever. As long as the team plays well, it's an exciting game. We really don't care. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, we're really like, hey, a win's a bonus. If they lose, 
eh, we're okay with it. Most fans. Montreal is a fickle fan group. So I don't know if you've dealt with Montreal fans before. We're very rebuilds, not in our uh, vocabulary. Hence why we've been a mediocre team for the past 25 years. Um, so when we look at, uh, when we look at a game, we, but what do you, cause you're, you're, you guys still hope to make the playoffs. Like you as fans and as, as, as media members and stuff like that, you're still hoping your team, you know, like you said, Kachuk said, we're in the playoffs now. Like we, we, you know, we got to win every game now. Um, what are you hoping to see from Florida against Montreal Canadiens? Come out and play like they were expected to going into this season. You know, I, they, they, they've shown they can win and even compete with tough teams. Even earlier this season, they beat Boston five, two in their own um, earlier this year. They managed to take down New Jersey twice this year already. Um, they shut out Carolina and they've shown multiple times they can come out and do what they're supposed to do. And I think that's no different with this game coming up. They can do it. Um, they just have to understand what that a loss is very, very, very consequential. But at the same time with everything that's going on, I think they're going to go with the mindset of let's just try to get, get the two points and we'll go from there. Yeah. Cause see Montreal's going into their games with a mindset. Well, first of all, Martin St. Louis, it's all about development this year. He said that many, many times. We want a winning culture, but we're, 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 we want to develop our players. Like we were, if the, uh, if the same roster is going to go against Florida as they have going against Tampa, you're going to have five pretty much rookie defensemen. So you're going to have a uh, Kovacevic, uh, Baron, uh, Arbor Jacki, who is my new favorite, uh, hockey player. Um, Harris and Caden Gooley. Uh, that's unheard of, really, if you think about it. Five five rookies. Um, so, and then you have Selfkowski coming up front. I mean, Gallagher looks like he might be back. He took the trip down. He might be in the Florida game. Who knows? Um, so the way Montreal is looking at it is, hey, development first. As long as these guys are improving as we play, hopefully we win. We're happy if we win. If we don't, as long as these players played well. Um, yeah, so that, that's the way Montreal. So Montreal goes into their games, and I'm just doing it for the Montreal fans listening to the show. We're going to go into the game hoping that our rookies play well. You know, we, we you know have a good game against Florida. Uh, win or lose, it kind of helps us. So it doesn't really matter. when if you're, if you're looking at the draft, it doesn't matter if we win or lose because if Florida loses, it gets them closer to – I mean, if you put Florida's chances and our chances together right now, we have an 11.5% of winning the first overall draft which is tied for third best. Um, mind you, there's still, what, two and a half months left of hockey. So, Something uh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, but still, if, you, if, if we are excited, I think some fans are more excited about Florida's pick than we are about our own pick. Um, and I think it's more because it surprises them because even though I believe Blaine said it on one of our shows in the off season, he said, "All we have to do is hope that Florida tanks this year, and we're our rebuild has just been sped up by at least a year if we can get two uh, two draft picks." So, so, what you're saying is Blaine jinxed us. Gee, thanks. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think he actually had an altar built in his backyard and put the Florida Panther mascot doll on it and sacrificed it to the <laughs> hockey gods. 
Um, I'm pretty sure that's what he did. Uh, he did it with UP too, but it didn't really, I don't know if that's going to work, but um, where do you think the offense is going to come from Florida against uh, Montreal? I think it's going to come mainly from their top six. You know, you still have great players with Sam Reinhardt, Kachuk, as we talked about before. Barkov's supposed to come back. I, I heard he was in the morning skates. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to be playing today or not, but if he gets, if he does come back, it'll be a huge, huge, huge plus for Florida. And Carter Verhage has been shocking um, a lot a lot of teams this year. He's been easily Florida, one of Florida's best players the past two seasons. And if you look back from his playoff run last year, he was he was single handedly carrying that team. Um, I think it's going to come mainly from their top six. Their bottom six is has been surprising to people too, but I think they're going to be there just to play a gritty game. Uh, hopefully, they're not going to uh, bruise up the young guys too bad. I I hope. Um, <laughs> um, like I said before, I think they're just going to go in, try to just get the two points, and they'll go from there because it, it seems just all doom and gloom right now in, in South Florida. <laughs> but it's all sunshine and rainbows in Montreal, the doom and gloom in Florida. As a matter of fact, I think it's colder in Florida right now than it is here for us in Nova Scotia. That's a really so good I've question. Heard. I've heard. So, well, I, I remember uh, over the weekend it was like 45 degrees in Miami, which I know is not necessarily – where the Panthers play, but it's close enough. Right now it's 76 in uh, my original home of uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. Oh, well, we're, we, dig, we we go in Celsius like the rest of the world, so uh, we're minus three. I don't know what that is in uh, – in, uh, What the hell is a like... Celsius? <laughs> it's the same as kilometers, so uh... – what the hell is a kilometer? <laughs> yeah, we don't use freedom units here in Canada, so we use uh, the rest of the world. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to wrap things up here, uh, Joey. Uh, your predictions for the game against Florida? I'm going to say, you know, like I said, Florida has a very electric top six. I do believe it's going to be, for some odd reason, a very high scoring game. I'm going to say. I'm going to say 5-4 Florida. 5-4. Regulation or overtime? I'm going to say regulation. All right. I'm going to say 4-1 Montreal. Just because. I'm going to say it. Again, we don't care either way. If Florida loses or Montreal loses, we still all win here in Montreal. Uh, (laughs) Because we are looking at the draft. We're looking. I mean, I've been covering the World Juniors. I've been watching Connor Bedard. And to have that guy in your team is just going to be – Chef's kiss. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, for anyone who gets them, man, you're, you're getting a hell of a player. Uh, I'm going to say 4-1 Montreal. 5-4 does not shock me. I would not be so shocked if I seen that score. Uh, but Montreal tends to uh, get down early in the game and then have this miraculous third period where they either tie the game, come back and win in overtime, or lose by a goal. Um, I'm not sure how Florida – you said Florida usually plays well and then kind of sucks it out in the third period, so – the 5-4 makes more sense. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say 4-1 Montreal, and I think uh, Jake Allen's going to have one of his – I'm going to steal this game for the team, even though the tank commanders don't want me to. Uh, Joey, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you for uh, giving us all an insight on what's going on down in Florida. Uh, we're very sorry that you're not going to get your uh, top 10 pick, and we're going to get it. Uh, we feel very bad for you and your Florida team because – this is where I'm going to start chirping it bad. You're not going to make the playoffs, and you're not going to get a very good pick. You're pretty much the Toronto Maple Leafs of the draft. 
Um, Jesus. <laughs> and now that you have been, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Blaine? Uh, his first time on Habs Unfiltered. Now that you've been hazed and brought into Habs Unfiltered, uh, you, you, you know what to expect. Um, anyway, no, in all seriousness, thanks for having me on, Joey. Um, oh, Florida has a second round. So you are better than Toronto because you actually do get to the second round. So... <laughs> we chirp we chirp toronto on every show i can't wait to have alex hobson on the show um <laughs> i mean it's, e- it's easy it's easy to chirp toronto i'm sorry it, it's easy it is it is actually go on twitter tell toronto fans your window's closing and then watch it explode <laughs> it, 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 it's wonderful it, it, it's it's like putting a pizza pop or a pizza pocket in the microwave for way too long it's like Bowl jiffy pop, pop. Boils up yep Boom, because your window's closing. What? No. And, and let's, let's be honest, in two years, it's closing. Uh, just, uh, no, just tell him Eichel's better than Matthews. And... <laughs> <laughs> Marner's better than Matthews. And then really watch them struggle. Because oh then you're like, wait, God. I don't know. Whoa. I, uh... I, I don't know what to do. Anyway, um, anyway thanks, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. We hope to have you back. Uh, maybe come the draft time, depending on where you make it. I, I mean, I, I truly hope Florida corrects their ship and do whatever Florida's been trying to. Uh, it's been a long time since you guys had a, a well, since the Van Beesbrook days, I think it's been since you guys had a really long uh, a playoff run. We're in the same boat. Oh, wait, no, two years ago we went to the final. Um, well, that, that, that that's a different story. <laughs> they went to the final. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> um, but no, seriously, Florida. You know, Florida's been around a long time. They deserve. I, I've been in the in the in, in sunshine there. I've been to their arena in a game against Pittsburgh uh, years ago. This was 10, 10 or so years ago now. Um, back when Brian sorry, McKay, you had to see that. <laughs> Brian McKay played for the team. Um, <laughs> that's how long ago that was. Uh, I think Tebow was the goalie too at that time, right? Uh, Thomas Volkun, to be more specific. Thomas Volkun, I think, was there. Yeah. It would have been 2009-ish. Yeah, I think Thomas Volkun was the goalie at the time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Pittsburgh won, I think, was I, – I, I don't know the score. I was probably drunk. But Well, uh, the, well the, to the surprise of no one, yeah, I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh won that game. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and all seriously, though, I hope uh, you, you, you turn the ship around. Uh, you had a very good, successful season last year. Kind of scuttled off in the playoffs, but uh, – baby steps to get to where to where you got to get going and uh joey i enjoy reading your stuff uh if you want to know uh joey plug yourself there just let everyone know where they can find you absolutely just look up myself on twitter at mr underscore joester that is j-o-e-s-t-e-r um i I try to post this at least once a week um if you guys ever get a chance please sit down and read them I, i really appreciate all the help i can get and i'm not sure if i told you this. thank you guys so much for having me on the show it was it was great having you talking to you guys on here um i do hope the you guys enjoy that first round pick but <laughs> do you think we can get it back give you like an iou sort of thing you give us bark off and we'll think about it i mean it does cost 10 million dollars i'll let you guys figure that one out i suppose <laughs> but the answer is probably no Wait, if shot. you guys make the playoffs if you guys look like you're going to make the playoffs by the trade deadline we'll talk <laughs> 
Because Blaine and I do make all the decisions. We're right in Ken Hughes' ear. We're like, hey, buddy, this is what we got to do. No one <laughs> believes us, but it's true. Hey, you're probably on the phone trying to get Marner, or not Marner, or Marner or Matthews for a bowl of poutine, for, God, for God's sake. That's we'll problem. give them Jonathan Druin for Mitch Marner straight up. One-to-one. One. Done deal. Done deal. <laughs> All right, Joey, thanks for coming on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has unfiltered. Uh, thanks for coming to the show. I hope you enjoyed me hosting. I know I'm a lot, not as pretty as Matt, but a lot prettier than Blaine. Um, yeah. Uh, my final thoughts on the show is uh, enjoy the World Junior Championships. Don't forget Blaine and I are there live. Uh, we're covering all the games in Halifax. So if you want to read up what's going on there, go to the Hockey Writers. All their stuff is there. Uh, and uh, don't forget, if you're talking about it, so are we. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.